Okay. So um, last week we talked about uh, relationships and how to repair relationships when they go south. And what we seem to have agreed uh, was that there's kind of only one cause for strife in a relationship. And therefore, there's kind of really only one real solution. And uh, the cause was... Um, it's always, it's always a cause of, of character flaw. On one party or both parties, um, there's all, the, the, the reason for relationship breakdowns is always because of character flaw. Now, sometimes uh, someone might have a character flaw that, that won't come to the surface for whatever reason. But a certain scenario, a certain circumstance would, would actually you know, be a, a cause for the surfacing of that characteristic which will bring up that, uh, um, you know, will, will, you know, will awaken that character trait and will be a cause for, uh, for you know, for strife and uh, for the uh, unraveling of a relationship. And it's, 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 it's really important, I think, like I, we mentioned last week, to make sure that when, you know, when problems happen in a relationship, to stop them before they develop into more than just a small problem. Like the idea of, of momentum, of trends that... That when, it, when a relationship is going well, like there's positive momentum and things just get better and better. That's kind of the way it is. And each each one each member of the uh, of, of 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 the uh, of the uh, of the unit each unit of the relationship kind of goes out of the way and it, it has a positive vibe. There's a positive atmosphere and things kind of get better. As opposed to unfortunately, if it were, if, if if it were to head south, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's it, it kind of has a way of progressing of of increasing momentum, of negative momentum. That's why um, it's kind of important to know, um, to try, try to find what the root causes of, of, of strife is and try to address that uh, heads on. Um, so so what, we, what we said last week was that the, the root cause for, for relationship fails is going to be that of character, a character flaw. Someone has a character, that, a character trait that is just a cause for them to, um, you know, to not get along, to get into a fight, whatever you want to, this, however you want to describe the uh, uh, the downward trend of a relationship. So today, what I want to do is try to think of how do you address your own personal character flaws in order to um, a become a better person, become a more likable person, become a friendlier person, become a person that people want to, you know, admire, people want to be around you more and more and, you know, just to have a more positive outlook on life, but also um, in light of this uh, realization that this is really the cause for, um, you know, the relationship, the, all the relationships we have in life, it's, it, you know, it's going to be a reflection of our own character. Therefore, it's also important for, you know, for the relationships we have with other people to have, to have good character. So what I'm going to try to do tonight is, uh, this is obviously a monumental discussion, you know, the whole idea of character character perfection, how to become a better person, how to address your own flaws, is an enormous, enormous, enormous subject. What I'm going to try to do is to give maybe um, a few pointers, but kind of the general, uh, you know, the general picture of 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 the process. Like I, I called it in my invite, was the the alchemy. I love that word. Alchemy. Uh, is there a better word? Is there a better word in the English language? Alchemy. <laughs> right, we're taking something and transforming it. Right, the transformation, the change of 
a person from having one character trait to having a different one, from being stubborn to being a little more flexible, from being angry to being a little bit more, you know, more mellow, from being a little bit stingy, a little bit self-centered to being a little more of a kind person. That change, how do we, how do we kind of, um, how do we, how do we uh, go about, uh, you know, having that transformation within ourselves? I also like uh, to think of it as uh, in the, in the use, usage of the term alchemy because alchemy was typically it was this ancient uh, myth of turning uh, turning things into gold. Right? It's, it's it's if you somehow knew how to turn regular you know everyday <laughs> items or lead was lead into lead into gold, you kind of would be you know you probably would have it made. It's such a valuable skill, and it, you know the ramifications are so enormous. And I kind of think that that character perfection is kind of the same thing. You know, we all have our share of lead, our share of, you know, unremarkable aspects, uh, you know, to our character. And we, there is a way, or maybe there is a way, to turn that into gold, to turn it into something really admirable, something that we could be really proud of, and something that will, you know, make us better people and, and you know, better suited for social interactions, you know, with, you know, with others. So um, I wanted to talk maybe about uh, the Torah portion, which I think is the starting point for this discussion. You have at the end of Genesis, you have uh, Jacob's old, right? The, Jacob and his whole family, they end up in Egypt, right? Everyone's familiar with the story. Joseph becomes sort of like the prime minister uh, or the vice prime minister or the viceroy, it's called. And... Uh, he, you know, his whole family follows him down to Egypt. Um, and they're there for a bunch of years, and 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 Jacob is the is the patriarch, and he has all his kids, and he's getting old. He's about to die, so he calls over his kids and says, "I'm gonna give you all a blessing." Right? All his kids, his twelve sons, um, they gather around, and he starts going individually one by one. Right, starting from the oldest. Reuven was the oldest, then Shimon, then Levi, then Yehuda. And if you take a look at, if you examine. What he tells his kids, it's very, very peculiar that he were to call this a blessing. All right? He calls in his oldest kid. What does he say? I'm going to give you a blessing before I die. I'm going to give you my, you know, my, you know, my, uh, my best wishes to you. I'm having, you know, you should have a, a productive life. I want to, you know, wish upon you good things before before I kick the can. And what does he tell him? And I'll read it to you in English. Reuven, you are my firstborn. You're the oldest one. My strength and my initial vigor. Foremost in rank and foremost in power. Water like uh, impetuosity. Ah, I can't even pronounce that. It means like like uh, like uh, impetus. It means um, your impetus is like water like. You cannot be foremost because you mounted your father's bed and then you desecrated him who ascended my couch. Okay, with this, with the, let me translate this into regular English. He says, Reuben, you were the oldest. You were the one who's supposed to be the 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 Cohen. You were the one who was supposed to be the king. You were the, you know, the oldest, of the, the oldest of the family. You, you were the one who had the you know first dibs at leadership, at monarchy. But you lost it. Right? Why did you lose? Because you make decisions very hastily, like water. You automatically make decisions. And he, he references a few a few situations in Reuven's life where he, where he made decisions <laughs> hastily, and therefore he tells them, "Therefore, you're not getting it. You're not, you're not getting the king." And you're not going to be the Cohen, the priest. That's it. And we're done moving. Does that seem like a blessing to you? Right? Your, your dad is, uh, I don't know, the head of the company. Or your dad is uh, uh, King Abdallah. Right? The head of the, 
the head of a, of a monarchy, and he calls you in and says, I'm going to give you a blessing. Do you know what the blessing is? You're not going to be the one to run the company. You're not going to be the one to be the next king, even though really you're the oldest and really, you, you, you know, ideally you should deserve it. it seems very strange that the Torah called this a blessing. Fair question? Okay, let's move on to the next kids. Shimon and Levi. So the second, second and third kid get lumped together. Shimon and Levi are comrades. Their weaponry is a stolen craft. Into their conspiracy may my, may my, may my soul not enter. With their congregation do not join. Oh my honor, for in their rage they murdered people, and at their whim they hamstrung an ox. Accursed is their rage, for it is intense, and their wrath, for it is harsh. I will separate them within Jacob, and I will disperse them within Israel. Even in fancy English language, it does not sound like a blessing, right? What's he telling them? He says, Shimon and Levi, you guys have anger issues, right? And uh, we know a, f- a few a few sections earlier, uh, there was the story uh, with Dina. And Dina was cap. Dina is their sister, and she was uh, she was uh, raped by a fellow by the name of Shechem. Uh, and Shimon and Levi got so angry that they slaughtered the whole town that this guy Shechem was from. And now, years and years later, right? They were teenagers then. Years later, uh, their father says, "Okay, you guys have anger issues. You guys have rage issues. You destroyed a whole nation." Or a whole, a whole city. We don't know how big that city was. Um, you hamstring an ox as a reference to what they did to Joseph. Therefore, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to separate you guys. And I'm going to disperse you. What does that mean? It means that uh, the, the job that your, that your, your descendants will have to be, you're going to have to be pe- like, like traveling salesmen, like peddlers. You're always going to be in the move. That's what he tells me. Yes. Does that relate to the fact that maybe, you know, he gets the Family, they had no land. They were dispersed around into the various cities. Exactly. Shimon, I can't make a connection on that. Oh well, well, well. What it says is that Shimon, what they were like the traveling teachers. They were, they were teachers. Shimon as well. Yeah. Well, well, Shimon, they had a, and they had a land, but they're so to speak. Their, uh, their, their, you know, their the occupation that the members of Shimon was. They were always traveling. They were never united. Also, seems like a very strange blessing to give someone. And, and, well, then it goes on to the rest of the kids, but it ends after it goes through all the kids, and it says, uh, it, it uh, recaps. And this was the blessing that the father gave to his kids. Now, um, so there's a big question here. How is it possible to call what Jacob told his first three sons a blessing? Right? He told them their character flaws, and then he punished them. He said, you're not going to be a king, you're not going to be the priest, you're not going to be able to be uh, united, or um, uh, you're not going to live in, in one location, you're always going to be traveling, which seems like that's not less than ideal. How could this be construed as a blessing? So uh, my, my, uh, my, late, uh, my late grandfather, who's right over here, Gramps, so uh, uh, he was a tremendous Torah scholar and teacher. And he said, I learned from him this idea. What did he say? The idea of character, the idea of inborn traits that we have, right? These are the, the guiding lights to us to, as to what we're supposed to do in life. Each one of us is born or innately, physiologically, with a certain collection, a certain 
uh, uh, repertoire of good and bad characteristics. And you know what? You see it with kids. Some kids are very prone to doing something, you know, you know, to being angry or to being wild. And other ones are more calm. Some kids will never tell a lie, even if it means that they're going to get in trouble. And, you know, they are innately driven towards being truthful. Some kids are, you know, always share. Even my kids. One of my kids loves to share. Loves, loves, loves to share. And he'll have, he'll have a dispute with, with someone else and say, okay, he'll give in. He'll always share. And then he'll be sad about it. But he'll share. It's, and, and the other one won't share with anyone. Two of my boys. Right? One of them will share with anyone. Right? Always give in. Always sharing. And he'll be sad about it. But he'll do it anyhow. And the other one won't. It's, it's very curious. Same parents. Right? But it, it means that, that the way humans are wired is that they're prone towards, uh, towards certain character and certain character traits. And that's from, from day one. And those character traits are the guiding lights that we're supposed to have in life. The problem is, is that most of us don't know what really drives us. It's very hard to think inwardly. We're used to seeing the world from, you know, from in out, like in outward. We, you know, we, all our senses are directed towards the external. Okay? How often do we sit by ourselves without a phone and think about ourselves? Very infrequently. And therefore, we have a major problem. If our character is designed in a way that to, to, uh, you know, to sort of guide us as to what we're supposed to do in life, we have a problem. We don't know what our character is. Now, in that light, I think it's, it's very, it's, it's, this is, explains my grandfather, it's very easy to understand what Jacob, how Jacob was telling him a blessing. Jacob was saying, Ruvain, right? oh, my oldest son, you did a few things, or I know you, you're my kid. It's easier for a parent to, to see the true nature of, of their child. I know that you have the uh, character or the negative character to be very hasty and to make decisions without thinking them through. You're like water, always making decisions, and therefore you're prone to making mistakes. Now, ideally, or you know, the way you're the first, you're the firstborn. And really, you deserve to be the king. You deserve to be the priest. Problem is that I know that you're hasty. And I know that you're no, you, you don't take time to think before you make a decision. You make bang-bang decisions, knee-jerk reactions. If you were to be the king, and there's some sort of uh, cause for you to make a major decision, you might very hastily make a decision, make the wrong decision. And it'll be a terrible thing for you and for the whole Jewish people, for the whole family. If you're the leader, right? Just think about what can happen. Think about the travesty that would happen. Um, you know, today, today's geopolitical situation, right? There's very complex issues facing the uh, the world community. And, you know, decisions have to be weighed very, very seriously, you know, with much deliberation before you make those decisions. If you have a bunch of people making decisions like that. You know, think about the Cold War. Imagine if everyone was just trigger, trigger happy. Think about what would happen. Right? Ruvain, this is your character. This is the way you are. Right? I know. I want to, I want, I want to prevent you from heading, heading through life or, you know, living your life in a way that exposes your character in a negative way. Therefore, there's no greater blessing than to tell to tell Ruvain, 
um, that you lost out your kingship and you lost out the priesthood. The priesthood is also a, 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 a you know, it's a very complex, what the, what the priest needs to do in the temple is very complex. And if he doesn't, you know, if he, if he makes, if he does decisions, you know, off the cuff, right, you know, shooting from the hip, what could happen? He, he you know, he, he, he can mess up the, the, the service in the temple. Terrible thing. So what his dad is saying, this is no greater blessing. Number one, he gives him, uh, he gives him an accounting of his character. Number two, he sets up in his life in a way that his character won't 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 run afoul with the uh, uh, with the, the the path of life that he chose. Similarly, we have Shimon and Levi. What did Shimon and Levi do? So I have to start off. Shimon and Levi, the second and third boy, they're comrades. They're a team, right? What happened? Two stories. Someone fired up with their sister. Someone raped their sister, right? And they destroyed a whole town. They have anger. That, that uh, they have uh, they have family unity, family pride, right? And 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 they use it in a very violent way. Think of uh, of uh, of Sonny Corleone. I'm sure everyone here has seen The Godfather. Has everyone here seen The Godfather? Has anyone here not seen The Godfather? But I know it. It jumped to my house. You don't offer friendship. You don't offer. You don't offer a lot. I don't know what he says. You don't know. You don't provide me any house and offer a cup of coffee. You come to my house on the day of my daughter's wedding and you ask me to take a mat matter. Oh, not bad. Oh, not bad. Okay. Not bad for a rabbi. Okay. Okay. I apologize for that. <laughs> but Sonny Corleone is someone that if you mess with his sister, right? He messes your whole town. He'll destroy you. You know? He is such a tremendous. Anger, right? So, and, and, and Shimon and Levi, they had that, but they were a team. To them, like family pride, just when these two people were together and they had the idea of family pride, they went nuts. They started slaughtering entire towns. So this is a toxic relationship. Shimon and Levi, they have a, they have a character uh, that, that when someone starts up with their family, it just drives them crazy, Right? And when there is a mob, uh, mob as in riot, means when, when they're there together, when they're united, it can have very, very dangerous repercussions if something were to happen to their pride. Therefore, what does Jacob say? I'm going to disperse them. Right? What does it help to disperse them? It helps that they won't be united during the time where their family, where their family pride uh, there's a swipe taken at the family pride, and therefore they won't, God forbid, go and and, and act in a in a uh, unwise fashion and do something that they might regret. So too, we could see that Shimon and Levi indeed got a great uh, blessing from the father that he revealed to them their negative character, and uh, and also provided them a way that they could live their life in you know in, in a way with it, that 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 their you know that their their life won't clash. Or won't expose their negative character. Okay, so this is this is where I like I like to use it as a starting point, and um, I think that that the, the real the real takeaway that I want to have from this is the is I think what I would call step one of 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 the alchemy of self transformation or self reinvention, and that is the awareness. If you don't know what is your character, what is your, what is the bag, what is the you know the mixed bag that you got, that, you know, the characteristics that you have innately, how, are you, how, how do you even know where to start? How do you know what, it, what, what it is it that you have that needs to be fixed? 
How, if you don't know what needs to be fixed, how could you possibly even can, you know, begin to try to try to fix it? Fixing negative character is hard enough if you know what the negative character is. If you have no idea, if you don't, you're totally unaware of what it is that you're even trying to fix, how are you going to fix it? Exactly. Well, I, right. Well, we're going to people. We're talking about people that they know they have a problem, right? And uh, you know, but they, uh, but but they might not even know what it is. They're they're sincere about trying to fix their problems. Very sincere. We're talking about sincere people who want to fix. We're people like us. We're sincere about trying to become better people, but we don't know where to start. So the first thing we need to do is figure out. We got to be aware of what it is we need to address. Sometimes you go, like, people, they know they have a problem, yes, they, they admit that they have a problem, but they just won't accept that it's an actual problem, so they won't get fixed. So, they might have that issue, too. Well, well, that is that uh, cognitive dissonance? Yeah. Cognitive, that's a good point. You mean some, sometimes people have a hard time facing... The reality that there is, like, they, they accept there is a problem, but it's just, they won't accept that they have to fix the problem. No, okay, so we'll... Th- that's that's always means there's so many there's so many things that could trip up this process. You're, you're you're absolutely correct. You know, people people like avoiding the subject because it makes them have to have a serious discussion with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, ask themselves hard questions. I don't think the thing is that it's so it's so hard to see you know what's wrong with you because you can't be your own mirror. You know, um, someone else often has to point things out to you, which means you have to go to ask someone and say. What's going on, and then so you have to, have to ask one there, and the other person has to be honest with you. And nobody really wants to look all at you and say, you know what, you're really kind of a jerk at times, even if it's true. There's not many people that really, you know, are willing to be that honest. Um, in, in, in most cases, like, you know, yeah, so I think so. I think it's I think nobody, people don't really naturally want to affect their ego, yeah. But sometimes, like, some like go and good friends. Like, we have an understanding. We will tell each other, like, if something's wrong, we tell each other, and it's, we know it's coming from a good place, or the mutual understanding is coming from a good place, we're not trying to hurt. And it might hurt at first, but, like, one and the other might have to, like, after hearing the news, might have to just take a step back, like, okay, that's a little offensive, then, like, let it digest, and, like, okay, and then come back. I have no problem talking in front of me. Yeah, like mine. Yeah, but that's friend. remember that's a gen, that's a generality. We want to we want to get to the specific. Yeah, but like, that's not, that's not such a helpful comment for him. He doesn't really know. Okay, fine. How do you fix that? Right? If, you know that that's more of a generality. Okay, okay, but okay, but let, let's say he wants to uh, to uh, stop being uh, a jerk, right? Um, you know, it's too much of a generality. Like. Um, you know, I, uh, I someone once said. Someone once said that uh, you know they have those uh, those mirrors that make you, make you look those inverted mirrors or those make you look really really fat or really tall and thin like you know. Someone said I, I, I kind of was disturbed by this statement, but I think there might be some truth in it. So I'll say it also, even though it might be disturbing to you. And that, the person said is that well, they're having a whole question as to why 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 get married. This famous question was, well, why get married? You know, just to have kids? Well, you can have kids with anyone else, or is it to have kids? Right? You know, it's, it's, it's a question that's kind of, um, you know, everyone kind of has their own answer to that question. Uh, but he was saying 
that a wife or obviously a spouse, a husband or a wife, is a mirror. What kind of mirror? A mirror that shows to you your flaws. I mean, a spouse is able to cut through all the noise. Someone who lives in such close proximity for so long, right, with, with another person, right, and they have, uh, they have the impartiality, they have the clear vision, Right? They're not blinded by the, you know, they're not blinded. Uh, so therefore, they're able to see and they're able to know what the other person's flaws are. They're able to accept them too. Huh? They are able to accept them. Right, right. That, that's, that's true. But not talking about acceptance of them. We're talking about finding out, right? The only way to start addressing your own character is if you know what your own character is. So that's point number one. question is now, point number two is, okay, how do we find out? So this guy what wanted to argue is that the reason why we get married is uh, as a venue to find out what your own character is. So that's why it's a little bit off-putting, I know. <laughs> uh, but the point is, is that it's much... Uh, I don't think so. If you get married, then you end up finding out. It's not the reason you get married, though. Well, that's, that's probably why it was off-putting. But sometimes, it, like, I get to the argument, like, marrying someone to figure out, but, like, it also goes, it can translate into having good friends that... They see you for who you are. They're there for you. They're, they friends that become like family, like your family. Yeah, but also some friends. Friends don't always see you like in your, you know, your best of times and your worst of times. Some, well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. The ones that be the friends that you've made into family. Yeah, but they're not with you twenty four hours a day. Like, yeah. Like, like I remember, I was a few years ago. Or like a, a roommate. There you have. I had a friend in, in when I was still living in Israel. I had a friend. Um, Actually, I emailed with him today. And I remember something that he told me. We were walking, taking a walk in Jerusalem. We were in yeshiva still, and he told me something, which is like a, and like a, it was, it was, it was very harsh what he said. Not because he said it harshly, because it was. So, I knew it was so true, and he like he exposed to me my own personal shortcoming, and I kind of really, really appreciate it, even though it's kind of painful, but it really is gold. Right? It's gold because it's information that's really hard to access yourself. But other people have much easier access to it. So like, he kind of took it and showed it to me. And while it's hard to face your own fault and to have it presented to you in such a way where it's so clear and it's so true and you know that it, and you know that the person is right, but it really is valuable. And that's what he said. Like a good friend yeah. could really provide could provide that service. But you have, you, have to be, you have to be receptive yeah. of it. I have some friends that's like, you can't, certain things are just off to off topic. You've already gone with them. They're, they're going to tune you out no matter what. They know it's wrong, but they won't listen. They've kind of avoided the fact. And I have some friends that's just like, all right, they know, like, they understand. Where, like, if you say something, it's from the heart. They understand the fact that you're coming from the heart. And so, coming from the heart, they take it a moment. Sometimes it might just sting a little. And they might need a moment to back off. But that's, but what, that's what a real friend back. is. Yeah. And that's what a real friend is. To let it digest. Them. Now, um, in uh, in the third in the third section of uh, my grandfather's book, one of my grandfather's books, actually on my bookshelf here, uh, he has an entire an entire section, like uh, 70, 80, 90 pages, describing in great detail the Jewish, um, or more specifically, the Musar. Um, um, philosophy of self-knowledge. Just just idea, self-awareness. How to get a catalog of your own 
qualities. And it's and it's it, literally it's 70 pages and it's describing in minute detail exactly a whole formula of how to actually do it. Um, but people spend years, I have I know people who spend years on that section just to figure out the answer to this question. Self-awareness. Like he you know, one of the things that he writes is you have to you have to like take a diary and like spend two months to try to ask yourself, okay, which one which of the what like today, like after after you finish the day, ask yourself, okay, which uh, which characteristics did I exhibit today? And try to try to make a list. Try to say, okay, fine, with this interaction, well, what what was driving that? What what was what's really behind my activities? But but you know, the point is that it's very actually it's very hard to get a um, a picture of of of, of your character, um, your general character. Uh, I think that in in a case where there was a there was a a relationship. Um, that went sour, or or there was some sort of fight or something going on, um, then it might be easier because you say, okay, I know this happened because of a character flaw. Is it my fault or is it the other person's fault? If it's my fault, okay, what? Which aspect of my character? Am I being too lazy? Am I being too stubborn? Am I being inflexible? Am I being impatient? What is it? Right? It's it's kind of in a weird way, you know, a fight. Or a you know something that went sour in a relationship can kind of be a blessing in disguise because it could expose you, you know, it could give you this awareness, which is the first step. So the first step has to be awareness. First step has to be awareness. Uh, like I said, I'm, we're doing it so briefly tonight, but uh, like I want to give a complete picture, so we'll move on to the next step. Okay, so now you know what you have. You know you have you know you have anger. You could be uh, some people have a, a penchant to be. Um, to be uh, to not have mercy. Uh, what's it called? Not have mercy. To be uh, no, not, not merciless. Well, I know. Empathize. <laughs> no, to not empathize. But like the you know the kids who pull off the legs from the spiders. What's it called? Hebrew it's achzari. So we'll see this thing. And it's and it's a real thing. And there are people who like blood. They like seeing, like, you know, and that, that's a natural people who like dealing with, like, you know, the, like, I always look to see the kids who look at a, at a, when a bris milah is happening, you know, the synagogue, and there's a, there's a bris milah, there's a circumcision. There's two kinds of kids. The kids are, like, they are, like, looking, or not kids, or even adults. People who, like, who have no problem with that, you know, always want to get involved, want to dissect the frog, right? There's kids who want to dissect the frog. And there's kids who have nothing to do with, the, you know, the frog, or, and you know, or the circumcision, like myself, like, I get very, very queasy around blood. I, the closest I ever got to any circumcision was my own two boys, and it was way too close, and it wasn't that close. Uh, but whenever I always, I'm always at the other end of the uh, other end of the room, facing the other direction, it's hard for me to stomach it. But um, what the Talmud says, this is the next the next point. The Talmud mm-hmm. says in in uh, try to take Shabbos one fifty six all the way at the end. It says someone who's born under the uh, the horoscope of Maadim. Maadim is Mars. That person is someone, someone who was born with this certain characteristic of, 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 of Mars, which is red, is and have a penchant to be uh, one who spills blood. And he could be one of four things. He could be either a thief murderer, you, you know, he gets his fill via his, his murder. He could be a butcher, slicing open the animals all the time. Like, uh, he could be a... Um, he could be a, a doctor, a surgeon, or he could be a mohel. The point is, is that someone who, all these four people have the same character. The question is what you do with a character, where you channel it. Right? 
you can either channel it to bad things, right? which is which sounds a murder is a terrible thing. You could channel it towards things which are you know not here, not there. They're a butcher. Right? It's an occupation. It's nice. You can make you can make a livelihood out of it, and it's and it's something where you, you get your fill of your blood fill uh, out of that. Or you could do something which is a mitzvah, which is being a doctor, being a surgeon. And you can do something which is also, or even a greater mitzvah, and that's to be involved, to be, to be someone who does circumcisions. And the lesson behind this one is, is that now you have a characteristic. Does it mean, is the only way to address a character flaw by eradicating it? No. It's not the only way to address it. Right? You might not be able to eradicate it, right? But the point is you can channel it. If someone... God forbid, God forbid, like I said last week, the first rule that I got, the first rule of marriage was not to hit your wife, right? That was the, I said the last week. You know, this, this big expert. Not hit your wife? So he said. No. <laughs> like, this is the big expert. This is, you know, this is, the first rule is like, don't, don't beat your wife, which I found uh, to be amusing. But God forbid if someone uh, were to uh, strike his wife or it does exist, even though, it's not as frequent, but the other way around, right? Which is a terrible thing, right? Someone can have a temper and and have you know and just get angry and just start punching and swinging. Terrible, terrible thing. Maybe they should be a boxer, huh? Or maybe they should be a boxer. They should have a punching bag. The point is, is that the way that that they need to quench this desire to punch something. Okay, punch something, but don't punch your wife. Punch something, but don't punch your your coworker or the neighbor, right? Punch the punching bag. Like I, I have one, one of my brothers. I have six brothers, but one of my brothers, when he was younger, especially, he, he was like he had this, you know, he had this, this, this energy, this passion. He was like he would be a little wild. So what, what did I do? My parents did. Parents bought him a punching bag, and he would when he would get angry, he would, he would go into the basement and put on his gloves and, and punch the bag until he, until he, until he, you know, he, he, he quenched that that need. So you, you know, this some things are not going to not going to change. Right? You have certain characteristics. You, you you know you have inflexibility. You have anger. You have you 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 know you have rage. You have haughtiness. Right? You have things that need to be filled, so to speak. Do it, but do it in a way that won't disrupt your life. Do it in a way that won't make you do it. Won't make you evil. Right? It, you know, if you have a need, you know this is. Uh, I shouldn't say that. But if you have, if you, you know if you have a certain quota, <coughs> certain amount of units of a certain. Um, uh, of anger, well, find a way to do it in a way that won't, it won't, won't ruin your relationships. Well, they actually just realized, I don't know, people are realizing that food is like the most overutilized antidepressant and exercise is the most underutilized antidepressant. So it's like, which probably contributes to obesity, but like people who eat to make themselves feel better than versus working out. So having that quality to me. Right, but I wouldn't call uh, being depressed or uh, having tendency towards depression as as a characteristic. I would say more, it's more like an overall psyche. Or thing. yeah, or I guess needing some type of comfort. But I, I think I think anger is a good example. Anger. People who are angry people, right? They are innately angry, and they have needs to have their temper flow, you know, flare up every once in a while. Okay, if it's going to happen, let it at least happen in a way that it, it won't damage exercise. your relationships. Or exercise, right? Yeah, it's important. Exactly. Happy. But exactly. I know when I'm angry, I get my best workouts. I want to say I want to say one more point before I recap. 
And that is, let's say someone really wants to fix. It means it's hard enough to get to know what you need to fix, right? And you want to actually fix it. It's not going to be easy, but there is a way to do it. This is the alchemy. There is a way to take your character trait and change it. And it's funny. We, you know, the, we think of evolution as being an idea uh, that's what, you know, 150 years old. And it's actually interesting that you have in the 13th century a Jewish. Well, it actually happened something else. You know, the uh, Freud. We we credit Freud with discovering the unconscious. When in reality, in the in the written works of Rabbi Israel Salanter, 60 years earlier, he describes with absolute detail the unconscious, which is uh, interesting. But he somehow doesn't get credit for it. But we actually have that book, and we have the letters, and we have everything. Uh, but similarly, uh, with regards to evolution, or the idea that that you know that, that organisms change and the reality changes and that's passed over towards succeeding generations, is actually found with regards to this topic in the book called Drushus Haran. It's the Essays of the Ran. The Ran lived. He lived in the twelfth or thirteenth century. Um, uh, Rabbi Nissen, one of the great commentators on the Talmud, and he talks about uh, the these secretions. The four secretions within 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 people, and he says is that there's a certain balance. There's the, there's the black, the white, the green, and the red. And the certain balance of these secretions, they determine that person's character. So if someone has lots and lots of red, they're very angry. And if someone has very little red, it means they're not not so prone to anger. And when they get angry, it's very easy to appease them. As an example, that he that he you know that, he, and he says. If someone works on their anger, right, that red, that's the red secretion is going to diminish slowly, slowly. It's going to diminish, and then subsequent generations will have less. It will have less of the you know, of that secretion that you know that would have would have had had he not worked on it. And that's that's why that's where the idea of evolution comes in. That, that same idea, organisms could change and. Uh, would re- reproduce and you know a new uh, sort of a new entity with it you know with a with a certain change. The difference is that it's not random; it's kind of guided. Um, but you know, uh, I I know I know families. You know, my kids are quite rumbunctious. They are, and uh, from what I heard, I was also a rumbunctious child, and that's kind of a theme that you see with a lot of families. You see families that everyone's and timid and sweet, and, you know, they don't misbehave, they don't call out in school, and they don't, you know, they don't ever need to be sent to the principal's office. You see those families, and those parents are also really nice, and really sweet, and really quiet, and everyone really likes them, and, you know, well behaved, and their kids are like that. And it's, and it's it, you know, it's kind of, we kind of do see a, a, a link, a, you know, a, a, uh, a, a link, what's it called? A heretic, heretical? Hereditary. I'm sorry, my brain's going a little crazy. We see a hereditary link uh, between, you know, in character. It, 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 that is indeed true. And um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's those, it should be no surprise when the parents are really nice and sweet and quiet and easygoing that the children are. Yeah, you see families, the, the whole family, everyone's just really nice, really sweet, really easygoing, very uncomplicated. And it's that because that's what it is. The parents, their character is a is a real physiological entity that they have, and that will be passed on to the succeeding generations. Uh, and and if you find a way to actually change your collection of, of character, that would pass on to the, the following generation. The question is, well, how do you change your character? 
And the answer to that is attrition. What does that mean? That means you do, if you're a lazy person, you have to slowly chip away at that laziness. You have to every day two, do two, three, four, eight, ten things which are not lazy. And every time you go against your, your instinct, you're slightly weakening that instinct. And it, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's like, it's like the, the more workouts you do, the less workouts you miss, the easier it is for you to do it. The, the, the more times you wake up early in the morning, the easier it is for you to wake up in the morning. Right? That's the way it is because you're slowly chipping away at that, so at that instinct. Bring another, another well, it might, which way where it gets real tricky. Sometimes there's a trade-off. Yeah. That's where it gets very tricky. And if you get a worse character flaw than being lazy. Huh? Or if you get a worse character flaw than being lazy. Uh, like, like I said, we're not trying. We're just trying to give the overview. But I agree. You're 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 bringing up a point which is a very uh, what I say a profound point, uh, Matthew. And that is that it's kind of possible that someone could really become a kind person, and then become like an arrogant person. And it's like, hey, look at me. Look at how kind I am. <laughs> Like look how generous I am, which is which which you know which might you know it might you might be better off you know to remain unkind and humble. But that, that's a good point. But I don't want to. I, don't, I think it's we're getting too much into the minutia of the idea. I want to keep it to the basics, and I'm going to give a recap, which will show some semblance of a sequence uh, of linear thought to uh, everything I'm saying tonight. Uh, so yes, there is a way. There is a way to change a character, and that is through attrition. Every time you do something which is out of character, which is different, right? You chip away at the flaw, and you build the positive character, right? If you have anger, right, and every time you feel impulse to anger, you bite your lip, you bite your tongue, you hold it in, right? You, it became easier next time. Right? If every time you saw the chocolate bar and you said, "Oh gosh, I." I can't hold myself back, and you just said, "Okay, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm getting acting up against it. Or I'm doing it in five minutes." You're chipping away at it every time that you're lazy. You don't wake up in the morning. You want to just 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 hit the snooze a few more times, right? And you say, "No, I'm getting up." What you're doing is you're chipping away at your laziness. At, you know, at your desire to just remain sedentary, right? Every time that uh, that uh, um, I'm trying to think of another example. Every time that you're that, that you're Impatient, like you're you're waiting in line and you're in a rush, right? And you say, "No, just calm down. It's okay. There's no reason to get upset. I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be, uh, I'll be where I need to be. Like 38 seconds later, it's not the end of the world. What you're doing is you're chipping away at your, at your impatience and you're building your patience. That is, in a nutshell, how you actually change character. Slowly, huh? Slowly, but surely. But you know, if you do something 40 days in a row, right? Which is also an idea brought up in, in, in Jewish philosophy. If you do something forty days in a row, you acquire that trait. So if you for, if you're a lazy person and you do you have forty days and you're not lazy, you 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 rid, you rid yourself of that character. So I want to give a recap, and I think the recap is kind of important because I, I I felt as I was speaking tonight that maybe it wasn't so clear the exact outline or the the overview of what I wanted to say. And uh, what I wanted to say is really four points. Four points that I shared with you tonight. I'm going to organize them and make it uh, uh, trans- transportable, transferable. Something you can take with you to think about. Point number one is that what we're trying to do, the goal is to try to, uh, we have character flaws and we want to fix them. We want to be able to have uh, 
the most meaningful, fulfilling relationships in life. We want to be be good people, right? And we want to figure out how do we, uh, you know, how do we address our character flaws. So, like we said, character flaws are uh, innate and they're very hard to spot. So, the first thing we need to do is figure out how to become aware of our character, right? And there's ways to do it, uh, you know, on an individual level. Be aware of, a, of an individual character flaw. And there's a much more sophisticated way to get a complete catalog of all our character. That's obviously more difficult. Right? The point one point is we have to know what we're going up against. That's the only way to uh, address it. Right? Awareness, point number one. Now you know what it is that you need to do. There's three ways for you to address it. Uh, number one is you avoid it. Right? If you're hasty, if you make decisions on the fly, if you don't deliberate before you make a decision, you don't become a king. You avoid the, the, the conflict uh, the, or, or, or situations that will bring you into the conflict of your character. So an example of this would be if you know, if you know that you have a hard time waking up in the morning, right, at the right time at 7 in the morning, why? Because you're tired, because you were off the previous night watching Breaking Bad. Shout out to there, Desmond, right? Uh, then what you do is, you tr- <laughs> what you do is, <laughs> if, uh, so what you need to do is to make sure that you don't come into a situation where your laziness will flare up, right? You know, don't become, a, don't, you know, don't stay up so late at night, so you won't have the problem in the morning. So w- try to live your life in a way that you're avoiding the problem. Try to avoid situations. You know what you, you know what your, you know what your Achilles heel is. Avoid it. Don't deliberately put yourself in situations where you know that your, that your imperfection will flare up. That's the easiest way to do it. Assuming Breaking Bad is not in the solution. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, so that's number one. You want to watch it eventually later. Awareness. <laughs> you cannot. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't watch that show. Okay, so point number one is awareness. But once you're aware, you can do three things. Either you could avoid it. And that's what we saw the example from Jacob. Way number two is to channel it. You have a character, a flaw, but it doesn't mean that it has to be bad. There's ways to have kosher. There's kosher outlets for your character flaw, right? Get the punching bag, right? The example that the Talmud brings, which is the, which is the, you know, the guy who wants to have bloodshed. Become a mole, become a surgeon. Find a kosher outlet to your imperfection. Channel it towards good. Right? If you're an angry person, well, then... Write a blog against the, the Hezbollah. Right? Nice example. Right? Be angry against people who do bad. That, that's a, a, you can channel your anger towards a good cause. Right? That's, that, that, that's the way number two. So we have awareness, avoidance, channeling. And the last thing is actually changing, which is the most difficult, and but it's the most comprehensive. And it's the safest bet. And that is to actually change your character. Right? And by we brought from the run, it's at, you can actually make a physiological change in the you know in your character makeup. It's possible. And how do you do that? Via attrition. Do things which are counter your character. If you're you know if you're a lazy person, do five things a day against against your laziness. Do do things which are against your character, and therefore you'll uh, you'll you'll shift the tide, and eventually you'll acquire the positive character and reduce self of the negative character. So, well, like I said, it's, it's completely, 
uh, I don't know if completely that's a good that, that's 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 again for the that's another advanced question. Uh, Matthew, you always get advanced questions. Enough to not handle. Well, to the, to whatever degree it is possible completely, uh, but you know, there's uh, uh, you might have to do some maintenance, but uh, you know, or you can do ninety eight percent, which is also pretty good. Like I said, you come out here, you have four words: awareness, perhaps the most difficult of the stages, and then you have three options. You want to just avoid it. It'll still be there. It'll still be there in full force. Hope to not come into a scenario that you, that, you know that it will flare up. Channel it. Try to find kosher outlets for your character flaw. Or try to change it. You know, you might. You might know. Three, so oh, your child three exactly. Various stages, just you know, as your uh, yeah. ability um, progresses, Absolutely, I agree. I was actually before you said that, I was definitely thinking of saying that. So that's uh, uh, I, you took the word out of mouth. Uh, so that's that. So I, I, yeah, I do think that you could do you could work on multiple levels or multiple times. Absolutely, but I, I think that uh, awareness we think of it as just setting the stage. It's much more than that. The second you're aware of it, it you know when you do that. You know, it'll, it'll uh, uh, you know, light will uh, a lightning bolt or a, a light bulb will go off or a red flag will go off. You'll notice it when you're aware of it. You'll know, you'll notice you'll notice it in your day to day interactions. So that's that. I think uh, we have somewhat of a formula of of how we could address our character flaws, and hopefully, uh, we will not suffer uh, the fate of so many people who uh, have unaddressed uh, character issues, and it causes them so much pain in their life, and it's unfortunate. That's not, obviously, it's not the most glamorous of, of, of exercises. Uh, what are you doing now? Oh, yeah, it's riveting. I'm actually uh, coming up with, with uh, ways to become less of an impatient person, right? You know, that's what I'm doing. It doesn't, it doesn't seem glamorous, but it's, it's, it's very valuable. And, you know, we'd be, we'd be happier people if we have, you know, less character uh, uh, shortcomings and uh, we'll be better people as individuals. We'll have better relationships uh, we'll have less strife in our life. All good things. And I uh, thank you all for coming. And I hope you I hope I it was not too much of a letdown with regards to the uh, the food tonight. Um, huh? It was delicious. Was good. Well, the soup was from Chaya, right? Huh? I don't wake up tomorrow morning. God forbid. God forbid. You'll wake up. Yeah. I said uh, the only thing that I made uh, was the uh, was the uh, baked ziti. Yeah, it was good. You made it before. I have made it before. Last time I messed it up, I think. <laughs>